This message comes from NPR sponsor, Discover. Tired of not getting a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Census land is heating up. (laughs) Finally. Are you a citizen? A question on citizenship status. On the 2020 census form. You're listening to Code Switch, Census Watch 2020. I'm Shireen Marisol Meraji. And I'm Gene Demby. And on this episode, we've got all the juicy drama around the controversial citizenship question and where that stands. And like we said before in the podcast, there's drama because the census is a big-ass deal. That is correct. It's so much more than just counting people up every 10 years. The census has power. The power to define how we see ourselves and what we call ourselves. Negro. Mulatto. Hindu. Hispanic. These were all categories on the census at one time or another. That's so crazy. The census has political power, too. It determines how voting districts get drawn and how many congressional representatives we get. And let's not forget the power of money. The census helps determine how much federal money goes to states and cities and towns, money that's used to fund education and transportation and health care. We're talking lots and lots of green. Cheddar. Feria. Dough. Bread. <laughs> Lettuce, as they say out in the Bay Bayou, but all sorts of food-related slang. Those are the stakes, and the stakes is high. So we've brought back Code Switch alum Hansi Lo Wong to tell us what's new on the census front with the proposed citizenship question now that a New York judge has ruled against it. And Hansi covers changing demographics for NPR and all things census. Hansi, welcome back, man. Thank you for having me again. Hansi, the citizenship question we're referring to is, quote... Is this person a citizen of the United States, unquote? Is this the first time the census has tried to ask a question about citizenship? No, the Census Bureau has asked about citizenship before. The last time it it asked every household in the country, though, was almost 70 years ago, 1950, for the 1950 census. Since then, the Census Bureau has asked a sample of households about citizenship status, as part of a sample survey of the census that eventually became what's known as the American Community Survey. And that's a major distinction between asking every household and asking just a sample of households. Okay, Hansi, so what is legally required of the census? Like, who do they have to count? Well, the Constitution, Article 1, Section 2, originally says the whole number of free persons. And now we're going to get into that part of our country's history where three-fifths of enslaved people were counted for the census and, quote, Indians not taxed were excluded. But after the Civil War, the 14th Amendment was passed, and that requires the counting of the whole number of persons in each state. By 1940, the government determined that all Native Americans could be taxed. So the short answer is the Constitution says every person living in the country has to be counted every 10 years for the census. And it's important to do that because this is how we determine how power and money are distributed in our country. This is how congressional seats and electoral college votes are distributed among the states. And this is how an estimated more than $880 billion a year in federal funding for schools, for roads, for Medicare, for other public services are distributed to local communities around the country. You know, some people may think this is a very simple, straightforward question, but 
I was at a press conference recently in New York City, and I heard this spokesperson from Make the Road New York, an immigrant rights group. Her name is Yatsiri Tovar. And she explained how having a citizenship question on the census, which every household has to answer, how that could impact her and her family. Because as an undocumented person who's part of a mixed status families, who has U.S. citizens in their families, who, who has undocumented folks like myself in their family, how were we going to answer this question? How was I going to answer this question if it was added to the census? You know, I remember seeing Yatsiri Tovar on the first day of the trial in Manhattan over this citizenship question. And she was sitting in the back and all the while, you know, attorneys and witnesses for the plaintiffs, for these dozens of states and cities and other groups who are suing to try to get this question removed. There are arguing in court that, you know, this question is kind of like throwing a bomb in the room when we're talking about the census because it will discourage non-citizens and specifically, you know, households with non-citizens, including unauthorized immigrants from participating in the census. You know, I think it's safe to say that the minute this citizenship question was proposed, lawyers were working hard on ways to fight it in the courts. And I'm wondering where those lawsuits stand right now. We have the first major ruling out of New York by U.S. District Judge Jesse Furman. He ordered the question to be removed from the 2020 census, and he put out a 277-page takedown, essentially, of the Trump administration's plans to add a citizenship question to the 2020 census. And Judge Furman wrote that there was a smorgasbord of classic clear-cut violations of administrative law. And, you know, the judge warned, you know, administrative law, eyes glaze over. This is, you know, red tape. The bottom line here is that a lot of decisions in the government are made without a vote. Public officials are given a lot of discretion in making decisions, including the Commerce Secretary. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross has a lot of power over the census and that the administrative law helps hold public officials accountable. And Judge Furman found that Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross violated the public trust and that he misled the public with a, quote, sham justification for why a citizenship question should be added to the 2020 census. Wait, wait, wait. So he said it was a sham justification. So why does Wilbur Ross, why does the Trump administration say that it wants that question? The Voting Rights Act and specifically Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act, which has protections against discrimination of racial and language minorities. And the Trump administration says it wants responses to a citizenship question so that it can get better data about how many voting age citizens there are in a district in order to figure out if a group's voting power is diluted in a district. But the government has relied on a sample survey conducted by the Census Bureau ever since the Voting Rights Act was enacted in 1965. The survey is now known as American Community Survey. And voting rights advocates say that data, that citizenship data from that survey are adequate. You know, you even have Democratic senators questioning Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross in Congress during hearings. You know, last May, uh, Democratic Senator Patrick Leahy of Vermont, you know, he was very confused during this hearing about why this question was added. You know, Justice Department is in charge of enforcing the Voting Rights Act. And Leahy brought up that under the Trump administration, the Justice Department has not brought any Section 2 voting rights cases. And so he asked this question of Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross. And why this sudden interest in, in that when the department is supposed to enforce violations doesn't see any problems? Well, the Justice Department is the one who made the request uh, of us. And last March, 
Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross was asked about this question by Congresswoman Judy Chu, a Democrat from California. Can you tell me whether the Department of Commerce plans to include the citizenship question in the 2020 census? Department of Justice, as you know, initiated the request for inclusion of the the citizenship question. Hmm. So here's the deal. I've I've gone through the receipts. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got the receipts? Hunter got the receipts. I got the receipts. I went onto the court docket. Uh, these were all documents, internal documents. The Trump administration was required to release as part of these lawsuits. Uh-huh. And if you were to look through the internal email exchanges, the memos, you will not see any mention of the Voting Rights Act in the initial discussions. Oh. And eventually we learned through additional court filings and through, you know, digging more through these emails, it was not the Justice Department that was the first to ask for a citizenship question. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross pressured his staff to figure out a way to get a citizenship question onto the 2020 census shortly after he was confirmed as the head of the Commerce Department. And because of that pressure, his staff approached the Justice Department and asked the Justice Department, essentially, hey, would you be interested in asking for a citizenship question on the 2020 census? And the Justice Department said initially, uh, we're not so sure. <laughs> yeah, they got a lot going on right now. Right now. Uh, at that time, there was a lot of controversy over former FBI Director James Comey. All right. Things have calmed down over the Justice Department since then. Oh, yes. It's, it's very chill now. <laughs> All right. So we know that the documents don't exactly match how Ross described the citizenship question and how it came to be. Am I to assume that's the only reason the judge in New York struck it down? No, because the judge said there was a smorgasbord. Let me go through the rest. There. Oh, right. <laughs> we have a smorgasbord of, of violations here. Oops. You're going to have to wait till the break to hear some of the items on that buffet of violations Hansi mentioned. <laughs> Stay with us. Support for this NPR podcast comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, family-owned, operated, and argued over since 1980. Proud supporter of independent thought, whether that's online, over the air, or in a bottle. More at sierranevada.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Gelmar, maker of CLR. For some of life's mucky moments, there's CLR. From soap scum to bicycle rust, CLR gets rid of household grime using natural ingredients, not harsh chemicals. It even carries the EPA's Safer Choice seal. Use it to dissolve calcium, lime, and rust all around your house. Go to clrbrands.com today to learn more about how to keep your piece of the planet muck-free. CLR, making the world a little cleaner. Hey, it's Peter Sagel from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. If you're a normal Wait, Wait listener, you shout out the answers to all the questions, and then you get frustrated that no one can tell how smart you are. Here's the solution, the Wait, Wait Quiz, available now on your smart speaker. Just ask your smart speaker to open the Wait, Wait Quiz. Finally, your genius shall be recognized. As soon as you wake up, you need the latest. That's why Up First is here. It's NPR's morning news podcast. In just 10 minutes or so, you can start your day informed. Listen to Up First on the NPR One app or wherever you get your podcasts. Gene. Shireen. Code switch. We know this is a little in the weeds. You know, we're talking about palace intrigue at the Census Bureau. It's kind of nerdy. It's very <laughs> wonky. We understand. 
But here's a quick recap. As we heard, Wilbur Ross, the Commerce Secretary who oversees the Census Bureau, mm-hmm. told a bunch of lawmakers that the Department of Justice initiated a request for a citizenship question so the Department of Justice could better protect the voting rights of minorities. Right, that's what Ross said. But as it turns out, a bunch of emails and memos show that it was Wilbur Ross who actually sent some of his staffers at the Commerce Department over to the Justice Department to ask them to ask the Census Bureau to put the citizenship question on the 2020 census. And the Department of Justice initially said, no, thank you. Yeah, we're good. (laughs) We're not going to do that. But after months of pressure from the Commerce Department, the Department of Justice eventually did send a letter to the Census Bureau requesting this citizenship question. So after all those facts came out, a federal judge in New York said that Wilbur Ross had violated the public trust. And on January 15th, that judge ordered the removal of the citizenship question from the 2020 census. All right, so we know that the documents don't exactly match how Ross described the citizenship question and how it came to be. Am I to assume that's the only reason the judge in New York struck it down? We have a smorgasbord of, of violations here. And another violation, he said, was that the Commerce Secretary has a lot of authority over the census. And the Commerce Secretary can choose to add a new question. But one of the main things that the Census Bureau knows is that adding a question complicates the headcount. It makes it that much harder to try to get every household in the country to answer every question, especially a question on such a sensitive topic. So any question, it becomes a whole like logistical nightmare. Exactly. There's a lot of testing involved and there has to be Uh, As the judge ruled here, there has to be a lot of discussion and, you know, research and and really consideration of if truly the Trump administration wants to get better citizenship data, is there a better way to do it without adding a question to the 2020 census? And the Census Bureau, in fact, did recommend another way that it said would be more accurate. What's that? Oh, yeah, exactly. What is that way? To use existing government records records that the federal government has spread across various agencies and compiling that together, you don't need to ask every household, is this person a citizen of the United States? Because Census Bureau research actually suggests that that self-reported data are not going to be as accurate as the existing government records. So the Census Bureau made those recommendations to Wilbur Ross, but Secretary Ross overruled those recommendations And then as part of this lawsuit, we learned that the former acting head of the Civil Rights Division, which would be in charge of enforcing the Voting Rights Act, this is John Gore, he admitted during sworn testimony for these lawsuits that this question was actually not necessary for the Voting Rights Act. You agree, right, Mr. Gore, that CVAP data collected through the census questionnaire is not necessary for DOJ's VRA enforcement efforts? I do agree with that, yes. And let me break that down for you. So that was Dale Ho. He is one of the plaintiff's attorneys with the American Civil Liberties Union. He's questioning John Gore, the former acting head of the Civil Rights Division of the Justice Department, as part of a deposition for the lawsuits. CVAP stands for Citizen Voting Age Population Data. That's the citizenship data that's needed to enforce the Voting Rights Act and Voting Rights Act VRA. So why was John Gore so quick to be like, no, we don't need it? Like, what was what, what's that about? That's a good question. 
That's a really good question. Here's another interesting thing we learned through the lawsuits. After the Census Bureau got this request from the Justice Department for a citizenship question, it wrote back to the Justice Department and said, hey, we, we know you want a different way of getting citizenship data. We figured out a different way. You don't need to add a citizenship question. You can use existing government records. We'd like to meet with you to discuss about that. And the Justice Department, we learned as part of these lawsuits, John Gore testified, was directed not to meet with the Census Bureau. And who informed you that the Department of Justice should not meet with the Census Bureau uh, to discuss the Census Bureau's alternative proposal for producing block-level CVAP data? The Attorney General. That would be the former Attorney General, Jeff Sessions. Hmm. Okay, so the judge didn't buy that this had anything to do with the Voting Rights Act, with the VRA. And the Attorney General doesn't even want John Gore to go meet and get that other CVAP data. He doesn't want anyone from the department to meet with the Census Bureau. All right, so we know this federal judge was like, no, this is not really about the Voting Rights Act. And we know that in order to support the Voting Rights Act, there's already data out there about citizenship that exists that has been used for years. So, Hansi, if if none of this is about the Voting Rights Act, what do we know about why the Trump administration wants this question so badly? We don't know for sure. But if you were to look at emails released as part of these lawsuits and the early discussions, apportionment comes up. Apportionment. Wonky term. But this is about how political power is distributed in the country. How many congressional seats, how many electoral college votes each state gets, that's the apportionment process. It's based upon population counts from the census. One of the emails that brings up apportionment is from Chris Kobach, former Kansas Secretary of State. We've talked about him on the program before. He was involved with authoring the SB 1070 bill in Arizona, which many people saw as very anti-immigrant. A lot of the voter ID laws that you see around the country, Chris Kobach was sort of the Johnny Appleseed for those. He was also vice chair of President Trump's now defunct voter fraud commission. He wrote to Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross asking for a citizenship question to be added to the 2020 census. Kobach said he was concerned that unauthorized immigrants have been included in census numbers used for reapportionment. And what essentially he is advocating for in this email is to radically reshape the political map in this country, where states with large populations of unauthorized immigrants might lose political power to states with smaller populations of unauthorized immigrants. And another implication here is that if you were to have a citizenship question on the 2020 census, you would have responses from every household in the country about who is a U.S. citizen and who is not. You could use that data if you were a redistricting official at the state level, at a local level, to draw districts based upon not every resident in your community, but just on the number of U.S. citizens. Is that legal? Can you do that? The Supreme Court has essentially not touched that specific question. And so it is ripe for a Supreme Court case. Hmm. And having a citizenship question on the 2020 census sets up that scenario. I know there is another person that we've mentioned quite a few times on our podcast, Uh, Steve Bannon. He had something to do with the citizenship question, right? Right. We learned through court filings that Steve Bannon actually connected Chris Kobach with 
Wilbur Ross. He arranged for a conversation between Kobach and Ross about a citizenship question. And when that became public, there was a member of Congress who was particularly upset, Congresswoman Grace Meng, a Democrat from New York. She actually asked Ross this question during a hearing in Congress. Um, Has the president or anyone in the White House discussed with you or anyone on your team uh, about adding this citizenship question? I'm I'm not aware of any such. So he he just lied to our face. (laughs) Congresswoman Grace Meng says that Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross lied to her face, quote unquote. Wait, that's what Yeah. That's what she said, literally? She tweeted that. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize. I was just saying, yeah. You probably got that through osmosis on Twitter. Yeah, that's crazy. GD. (laughs) So we've established that folks are very wary about answering this question, not just unauthorized immigrants, but people and their families. Is the worry overblown? Well, I think to start off, we have to remember there is federal law that protects census information, identifying individuals from being released to the public or to any other federal agencies outside of the Census Bureau for 72 years until after the data are collected. Mm -hmm. But there is one infamous case where the confidentiality of census information was not upheld by the U.S. government. Evacuation. More than 100,000 men, women, and children, all of Japanese ancestry, removed from their homes in the Pacific Coast state to wartime communities. This is during World War II. Census information identifying Japanese Americans, U.S. citizens of Japanese descent, was released in the name of national security. Mm-hmm. And also, the Census Bureau provided information about where U.S. citizens of Japanese descent lived on the West Coast. And that information was used to round up U.S. citizens and ultimately to set up prison camps where Japanese Americans were wrongfully incarcerated. The Census Bureau has apologized for this. But there's precedent. Uh, census information like this has been released before. Yes, and there is concern that it could happen again. There was one email that was released as part of the citizenship question lawsuits that really raised a lot of concerns about the Trump administration and what it would do in the national security situation. This was an email discussion between Justice Department officials discussing whether or not the Patriot Act, any part of the Patriot Act, could force the Commerce Secretary to release information about individuals from the Census Bureau to law enforcement officials. Hmm. I asked the Justice Department to comment what their position was regarding the Patriot Act. Under the Obama administration, the Justice Department issued a memo saying there's no part in its opinion of the Patriot Act that could force the release of census information. But the Justice Department under the Trump administration has declined to comment to my questions about what their position is. And we have a situation here where focus groups commissioned by the Census Bureau, research commissioned by the Census Bureau, has found that a citizenship question is going to be a major barrier to census participation amongst what the government considers the hardest to count groups, including communities of color, immigrant communities. You know, I went up to Central Falls, Rhode Island, near Providence, with our colleague Marisa Peñaloza. We were reporting on the test run of the 2020 census last year. And went to you know Central Falls is this old New England town really just needs as much federal funding as possible for its schools, for its roads. And we met an unauthorized immigrant. We're going to call him by his family name, Umberto, because he's afraid of being deported. But people who live here day by day thinking, are we going to be here tomorrow? That's what they think if you if you ask something like that. But if you're a citizen, 
If you've been citizen your whole life, you don't understand that type of living. Because after you answer that question saying that you are not a citizen, you're going to be looking behind you all the time. Constantly looking over your shoulder, worried. So it seems like on one hand, a citizenship question might reduce the number of overall respondents to the census, but then it also might be weaponized, or there are fears that it might be weaponized against the people who do respond. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's going to happen now? Well, now that we have the first major ruling out of New York for the citizenship question lawsuits, and this is a ruling against the Trump administration's plans, the Trump administration has appealed this order to remove the question from the 2020 census forms. It's appealed it to the second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, and we're watching to see if this appeals process ultimately ends up before the Supreme Court. And there are still five other lawsuits moving along that I'm tracking And so this is a legal battle that is nowhere near the end. And we have learned this week that Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross has agreed to testify at a House Oversight Committee hearing in March where he is bound to be asked exactly why he added a citizenship question to the 2020 census. And meanwhile, while all this is happening, let's not forget the census is coming. Yeah, when we first started talking to you about this, it felt like it was a long way off. Yeah, mm-hmm. But now it feels like it's right around the corner. And I'm wondering if there's enough time to resolve all these issues. How is this going to work? Well, June is a deadline that everyone is working towards. That is when the questionnaires, the forms, the 2020 census forms have to be finalized, the Census Bureau says, so that printing can start on time this summer. And in the meantime, a lot of census advocates are telling me that they're very concerned that the citizenship question and this legal battle over it is really just sucking the oxygen out of the room because people aren't talking as much about other really key census issues like funding. (laughs) Right. Is there enough funding for the 2020 census? For now, the Census Bureau says, yes, there is enough for it to operate even during this partial government shutdown. How long will that last? The Census Bureau says at least to the end of March, maybe into April. We also haven't talked a lot about cybersecurity. This is going to be the first online census. Also, hiring. Hiring census workers is a key part to getting an accurate count because a lot of people do not mail back the form and are likely not going to go online and respond by themselves. And so the Census Bureau has to hire people to literally go knocking on doors to collect this information. And also outreach. Is there going to be enough outreach to communities of color, other hard-to-count communities? The NAACP has already filed a lawsuit against the Census Bureau alleging that there is not enough preparation and that there is likely going to be an undercount of communities of color because of that after 2020. And we're going to have to live with that, whatever the count is going to be, for the next 10 years. What other effects has the shutdown had on the census? Well, the Census Bureau is shut down right now because of the partial government shutdown. But work on the 2020 census is continuing because there's that funding through the end of March, maybe into April. But one thing to keep in mind here is that if you were to go on the Census Bureau's website right now, it says it's Which I did. (laughs) Well, parts of the website are not being updated because of the shutdown. And so you won't actually see news of a new Census Bureau director who was confirmed and sworn in during the shutdown, Stephen Dillingham, uh, after more than... How long has it been? A year and a half. It's been a year and a half, Hansi. And the reason why we know that is because we had John Thompson, the last director of the census, 
on the show um, right as he was retiring. Yeah, I was sitting in the studio with him literally as he was leaving. He had on like a linen shirt. He was like, me and my wife were going July. to Hawaii. Yep, it was the summertime. He was about to bounce. He was like, I'm done. That was a year and a half ago. And, and ever since then, there's been an acting director during these final months before the 2020 census. Oof. Yeah. That is a lot, Hansi. What a mess. <laughs> we We heard that it's a mess every 10 years, that there's drama all the time. This is something that we've said on the show before, but this feels like worse than ever. I don't know. Have you talked to people who have said this is the worst they've seen it ahead of a, a decennial census? I haven't heard that yet, but you know, this is the first census that I've covered. And yeah, people say it always is very messy. Um, but the really big concern this time around is the citizenship question and the controversy over it. And that this question is really tainting the well, even if ultimately it is removed from the 2020 census. Census advocates are, are really worried that there's been enough talk about the citizenship question and tied to the 2020 census that even without a question like that, people will be discouraged and be scared to participate in the census in this current political climate under this administration. Hansi Lo Wang is a correspondent for NPR based in New York City. He's been covering the 2020 census for NPR. He's also a Code Switch alum. Thank you, Hansi. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Until next time. All right, y'all. That's our show. For all your census 2020 updates, you can follow Hansi Lo Wang on Twitter. That's his name, Hansi, H-A-N-S-I-L-O-W-A-N-G. Yeah, and it's important, so do it. Yes. <laughs> and while you're at it, you can follow us on Twitter, too. We're at NPR Code Switch. We often retweet Hansi. And you know we love hearing from you. Our email is codeswitch at npr.org. You can send us your tricky questions about race with the subject line, Ask Code Switch. You should sign up for our newsletter at npr.org slash newsletter slash codeswitch. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast if you don't already. This episode was edited by Sammy Yenigan and Leah Danella and produced by Kumari Devarajan. Shout out to the rest of the Code Switch fam, Maria Paz Gutierrez, Adrian Florido, Kat Chow, Steve Drummond, Karen Grigsby-Bates, and Walter Ray Watson. Our intern is Tiara Jenkins. I'm Gene Demby. And I'm Shireen Marisol Meraji. Bizio. Peace. Hey, everyone. This is Sammy Yenigan. I'm an editor at Code Switch. Just a quick note, a previous version of this story identified Chris Kobach as Kansas Secretary of State. He is the former Kansas Secretary of State. This message comes from NPR sponsor Discover. Get the service you deserve. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Support for NPR and the following message come from Sattva. Sattva luxury mattresses are every bit as elegant as the most expensive brands. But because they're sold online, they're about half the price. Visit com slash NPR and save an additional $200. On the TED Radio Hour, researcher Sasha Lucioni says AI can help us find climate solutions. But just training the technology itself uses a ton of energy. Training ChatGPT, for instance, emits as much carbon as five cars in their lifetime. Tech's climate conundrum. That's on the TED Radio Hour from NPR.